welcome back to another edition of the SBK Betting Podcast. It's uh, more battle hurdle this weekend at Kelso, a very uh, prestigious meeting for the Kelso venue. And there's uh, plenty of racing in and around. We've got the likes of Newbury, Doncaster, as well as weather action at Lingfield as well. So before we get into our race that we're going to focus on, which is the more battle hurdle, we need to take a moment to reflect on what happened last weekend because Ross Miller, you were bang on right. Your nap selection, Kitty's Light, a favourite, a dear, dear favourite of I think many race goers at this stage. We've been following the exploits of Kitty's Light and Christian Williams for a few seasons now. And this horse who is only pint size but my God, he's got the heart of a lion and p- recorded what must be one of his performances of his career to win the Ida Chase in, in the most unusual fashion. But it is just the way Kitty's like does it, isn't it, Ross? He must have been, again, after the success of Shishkin and, and your case for him, really thrilled to see him perform the way he did. Yeah, I was. I mean, I got a going report um, from up at Newcastle um, early on the Saturday morning. and I, And I must admit, I was not exactly thrilled because it sounded like a lot of water had had gone down the poor clark of course has had a fairly tough winter she had a, a frozen off all weather meeting and then there was a few unhappy people about the amount of grass cover so it sounds like she put plenty of water down um which is great but it just i was working on the basis that the ground was going to be quick enough for kitty's likes i think that's what he acts acts best on so i think you can mark that run up because i don't think it was his conditions um i saw a lot of people say that he didn't jump very well and he certainly didn't jump great down the back last time but I think actually when you look at his jumping form in general he's not the best jumper of fence and I thought actually it was one of his better rounds of jumping particularly up the home straight every time Jack Tudor asked him to come he came um yeah I think he's he's a smart horse he's had a little hike in the weights but um Christian did it last year with win my wings won the Ida and then went on and won the uh, Scottish National and I'm I'm on at 16 to one for the Scottish National, and I I think that's where the where he'll head, and I think if he gets good ground there, it'll be a good one to beat him. Yeah, fabulous for Christian Williams to have struck up what has been a brilliant last few weeks after what's been quite a torrid uh, season early on in early on in the campaign. But Kitty's that, as you say isn't the most natural fluent of chasers, shouldn't be. He's bred to be running on the flat being by Nathaniel, but I just believe he's been such an overachiever for what they've, what they've spent on him and um, is a real credit to that, that yard and all their team. Um, so well done for Kitty's Light. And another nap gone in, um, bang on the money, TC. Lord North, impressive in the Winter Derby and could be said far more impressive than last year, puts him bang on for another tilt at in Maidan on Dubai World Cup night. What do you think of that performance? It's good, but at the same time, it was kind of what I was expecting. I was uh, at Kempton on Saturday uh, watching the, the jumps action, but I was stood in the uh, the bookmaker section just to watch this race at Linkfield. And I was saying to my, my friend at the time that Lord North just cannot lose this race. And once he jumped out and Herovian went to the front and Lord North was in that perfect box seat in second, later moved back into fourth, but on the outside. Like he just couldn't lose that race, especially given he had such um, a huge amount in hand on official ratings. I, th- I think it was expected. I think he'll improve for the effort. I'm pretty sure he wasn't 100% ready, um, but he's just a really good horse. A horse that's capable of performing in Group 1 races. 
and that wasn't a group one. It was a short price, but sometimes bankers can be short prices. Yeah, absolutely. And look, um, a good thing. And you don't uh, go broke making a profit, as I always say. And um, we'll, we'll hope to find some a couple more uh, from our NAP selections a little later, especially if you've got anything, again, from the all-weather. Reminder that uh, we recorded a Novice Hurdles preview podcast for the Cheltenham Festival last week. Um, it's going down great. Looking forward to uh, seeing how some of those materialise. Um, I know that, Ross, there was uh, an one eye on the action at Kempton for a couple of your selections. Um, what, what, what was your making just quickly of what we saw in uh, the Adonis and also, name escapes me, our other novice race at, at Kempton on the weekend? Well, I thought in the Adonis, I think what we learned is that it is very, very short odds that the uh, Triumph Hurdle heads to Ireland. Um, I, I just think... It showed that uh, the UK are very, very short of of top class of top class horses. And then I suppose the the, the other highlight at Kempton um, was just the sort of handicap handicap chase. Uh, Captain Ord couldn't couldn't land the double, um, but I thought Solo was really impressive off the front at uh, at Kempton. And and Frank's a few lines of form for the for the graded novice chases going into going into Cheltenham. Yeah, certainly does. Um, the Adonis and the Dovecot, that's what it was. And actually quite interesting form lines with um, uh, the winner of the Dovecot, Dovecot um, and the more battle hurdle, especially from a Betfair hurdle perspective. And this is the race that we're going to focus on this, after, um, this afternoon and looking ahead for Saturday um, at 1.50 at Kelso. Um, the story of this race is McTighe. Uh, he'll head the betting at 3-1 to one, um, for the very shrewd Emmett Mullins operation. Um, the colours of McTighe of Paul Byrne, um, sported by the shunter to win this race a few years ago um, when he went from this to Cheltenham to claim that £100,000 bonus but McTighe a different kind of horse 98 rated on the flat he's already a two-time winner over jumps is he well handicapped we don't really know what we've got here he was well held by lossy mouth at Christmas how strong is that form he was a, he won in a toy beating St Donat who was went on to become the champion 3L hurdler in France that is his profile how good he is we will find out at Kelso on Saturday um it is a race that doesn't just solely revolve around him. We've also got Colonel Mustard, who heads the weights, um, who ultimately you could argue has got the best form on the t- table. And then you've got uh, a plethora of UK-trained horses, including the unexposed in the UK, at least, Ludesud, uh, for Harry and Dan Skelton. And then, as I mentioned, the Betfair hurdle form. Um, Teddy Blue, who was third in the race, is in here. We've also got Tritanic, who is back in the field as well. And you've got last year's winner, Cormier. This all makes up for quite a nice race. Um, Tom, I'll start with you, uh, especially from the perspective of, of McTighe. What do you think of him and what he's done so far? Is he well handicapped? Is this just another Emmett Mullen special? What, what do you make of his chances? It's really difficult to know, isn't it? I mean, he's rated 142, but at the same time, He's been running in much better races than this in grade one company. He hasn't had many starts over hurdles. But as you said, this is Emmett Mullins. We've seen him come over to Britain numerous times in the last couple of years and proved just ultra successful with similar kind of horses. Um, You mentioned the shunter there. And it looks like he's willing to have a a real big day at Kelso um, on Saturday. I don't know. He's been meeting a combined 111 lengths on his last two starts, albeit in better races, Mm. as I've touched on. 
and you know you're, you're going against inferior opposition here but at the same time he tops the market so you've got to take a little shot there the risk free reward isn't actually that great uh you know you're not getting 10 to 1 about this horse uh, who could be a potential block you're getting 3 to 1 4 to 1 about a potential block which just isn't really uh, ideal for me there are a couple of others in here that are interesting you know Lerdesud who you touched on there clearly very well handicapped horse um, but his last two efforts for Dan Skelton, I just don't think he's finished his races off very well. And that would put me off him very uh, a little bit. I think I tipped him actually last time when he got beat and he travelled lovely. Or I backed him anyway because I was there at Kempton uh, when he ran. Um, so he's not for me. There are a couple of others in here. Cormier, and I, I did what I normally do um, before we go into podcasts like this and go back to check what we all tipped last year in the race, how we previewed it, etc. Uh, and I was fortunate enough to actually see myself tip Cormier. I don't remember that. Um, eight to one. I also did tip Espoir de Rome earlier on the card and he lost. So, uh, you know, that's neither here nor there. Um, but Cormier is back to try and retain his crown. He's definitely a player as he reverts to hurdling from chasing. But I watched the replay of him last time out and he, his unseat was not pleasant to watch. He completely breasted the mm -hmm. fence and, you know, that can leave scars on a horse, not necessarily physically, albeit it can, but mentally. Uh, and I know he's going back to the smaller obstacles, but um, as we all know, regular viewers of this podcast will know that it's a regular rule of mine that I don't back a horse that failed to complete last time out due to jumping errors. So had to put a line through him this year. And that kind of left me with a horse called Benson. Now, I, I don't love this selection, I have to say. I'm not going to come in here with my Lord North confidence. Um, he's going to be an each-way player at double-figure price. But the reason for putting him up is that he looked completely different last time up than we saw a couple of years ago or even last year for Richard Newland. This horse raced really lazily out the back of handicap hurdles. He was always sent off reasonably short price because everyone knows he's got lots of ability, but he just never got into a rhythm. He was pushed along in the early stages and then would stay on late and pick up the pieces and go down as an eye catcher. But last time out, Ryan Mania went to the front on Benson. I think that was the key to seeing a, a notable amount of improvement from this horse. He traveled so much better through his race. He got into a nice rhythm. And he kicked clear, was unextended uh, close to home because he was just able to, you know, find that rhythm and get into his stride and not waste valuable energy and um, been bustled along out the back early on. Now, if Ryan Mania can get to the front again, and I understand this is a shorter distance, uh, he has been running over two and a half miles, so maybe that's not um, going to happen. And if it doesn't, then, uh, you know, you probably put a line through Benson. But if he can get to the front again, maybe Benson can build on that effort last time up uh, and go very close at a decent price. So, Despite fearing the favourite, trained by Emmett Mullins, despite fearing Cormier uh, coming back and, you know, reclaiming his crown, I'm going to go with Benson each way, Jess. Yeah, so TC, we can give you at the moment for Benson 14 to 1, um, which is a nice price, as you say, each way value there. But And as you mentioned, Cormier, £2 higher, switches back to hurdles after this underwhelming Chelsea chasing season. I did like Benson. I was looking through this race and looking at the pace that there was on, and I thought there was a lot of it around. Teddy Blue um, likes to go forward. We can see he's quite a free-going sort. And then right at the bottom, um, there is no doubt, also likes to go forward. And I've seen this race time and time again. It's actually set up quite nicely for closers. Would that be something that would concern you? Yes, it would. Uh, as I say, I think the main uh, case for backing Benson or tipping Benson is the fact that he could get to the front and you know perform as he did last time out. And if he is mid-div or towards the back of the pack early on, because there is so much speed in this race, then that would be a concern because we've seen in the past that this horse can just drop the bridle. He just doesn't really seem mm -hmm. interested when he's out the back. His jumping goes to pieces. However, you know, saying all that, and I do sound like I'm very down on him if that's the case, and maybe I am, but at the same time, we haven't seen 
um, him racing that kind of style for his new connection. So maybe it was actually the switch of yards which saw the catalyst of improvement. Maybe he's a better horse than himself nowadays. Um, maybe he actually will race better uh, in mid-div than he used mm. to. But at the same time, it would provide a bit of a question mark. I would like to see him go to the front. Yeah, he's got the cheap pieces back on last time out, which um, isn't a new thing. They tried them before, but I think reapplying them after a bit of a hiatus without them has, has definitely um, perked up his interest. I just wonder if he might just get a little spit the dummy out if he gets hassled for the lead early on. So that's always a, a concern. That was what my thought was when I made my selection. Ross, um, we'll get your thoughts again. Let's go back to McTigh because, as mentioned, um, you know, this is a horse that if it kind of feel like if it was trained by anyone else coming obviously you got the Irish element if it was trained by any Irish trainer would be interested but is it just an Emmett Mullins factor I mean he was absolutely annihilated by Lossy Mouth last time you've got to go back to that victory against St Donat's obviously that was impressive in context to what who, what kind of horse St Donat's is but he's really not showed a huge amount to warrant all this hype and the fact that, you know, he's been hiked up six pounds by the UK handicapper for Cheltenham. Three to one favourite for something like this. I just feel like, I mean, I you might be able to, but I think I need a really, really dominant case for this horse. Well, I'll try then, Jess, because I absolutely understand where you're coming from. And I, I said something similar about Filey Bay for the Betfair hurdle, that if you were backing that, you were backing the brilliant Spermit Mullins because there was no form line whatsoever to title that horse be favorite and I think it's true to a degree with this horse I thought he was pretty impressive at Sedgefield he sort of cantered around quickened away okay it wasn't much of a race but I liked how he hurdled for a first time uh, hurdle performance um, the win in Autoy was impressive and St Donat's uh, who was runner-up um, they is a smart horse well regarded over here in France that was over two mile two um, on heavy ground Kelso takes a fair bit of getting. This is a race that will suit strong stayers. So I think uh, he ticks that box and he did stay a mile six on the flat. Um, St. Donuts beat him next time at Autoy, but I think you can probably put a line through that run. I just don't think he gave his running. Um, and then at Leopardstown, um, you have to bear in mind to, to run in uh, the open handicaps at Charlton this year, horses need a fourth run. Uh, the statement clause, shall we call it. Um if ever I've seen a horse have a bob around run in my life, McTeague, McTeague had one at Leopardstown. He he jumped one a little bit slow down the back. And even from the camera angle that you watch from the stands at Leopardstown, you could see the smile on the jockey's face as it meant that he could lose another few lengths and get shuffled further back into the field. I think that was a bob around run. I don't think you can take that in any way, shape or form at face value. Um, he's effectively a, a, a nigh on 100 rated flat horse effect running off 132 because he gets his weight weight for age allowance here uh, of 10 pounds um yeah i can just see it all adding up he stays well all his best form on the flat was on better ground despite the fact that his standout piece of hurdling forms come on heavy ground he'll definitely stay the yard have, have landed this hundred thousand pound bonus two years ago with the shunter um and then when you look at the entries this horse has at, at Cheltenham, it's the Boodles, which is okay in his own age group over two mile, but then everything else uh, is the Coral and the Pipe. He doesn't hold an entry in the county, which to me suggests they think he's a, he's a strong stayer at the trip. Um, 
I, I was interested in Colonel Mustard. I think you need to give him a shout. He, I think he has got the single best piece of hurdling form in the in the field. That third place in the county hurdle last year behind Stateman and First Street, who have who have gone on, but gets a really good three pound claimer in Kieran Buckley. He's gone over to ride for Gavin Cromwell this year and it's just taken his form to another level. But I just think watching that county back, uh, Colonel Mustard was was wheatening up the hill. I think. You need to see the two miles out strongly here. I think Matig will do that. Um, yes, there's a bit of guesswork, but I think Emmett Mullins is is proving that he can do things that normal trainers don't really think of, let alone do. Um, so much that goes against my normal MO, I I do think he's got a great profile for this. Okay, so do. In that respect, you know, you mentioned this race at Leopardstown where he just had a pop, pop around and, you know, without wanting to get into too many rules and regulations, especially it's it's quite a contentious subject of handicapping horses at this stage. Do you think that that is a well, if, he, if that's what they were trying to do, is just trying to basically find get him in a nice handicap mark? Do you think 142 really is? Uh, I'm not sure at 142, but he's effectively off 132 because of, because of his weight for age allowance uh in this race the, the 10 pound the four-year-olds get so i think one three two is a really nice mark yeah um i would work on that on a basis that if a horse takes the hurdling you can add around 35 to 45 to their their flat form to get their hurdle mark um he was 98 at his best on the flat so even my poor gcse maths tells me that i think he's nicely handicapped off one three two effectively yeah fine Fair point, very fair point, considering he's a four-year-old. I just, I'm going to have to see it to believe it. I think that's even a, and might be a disadvantage. He's a four-year-old, the lack of experience there where you've got horses that, and I like these big busting handicaps that some, you know, they, they're, 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 it makes men of them because they've, most of them have done this, been there, done it, got the t-shirt a little bit. Whereas I have to see it with McTighe, especially as a three-to-one favourite. Um, just seems quite short to me um, for a horse that I don't really know a huge amount about, but I have an enormous amount of respect for Emmett Mullins, but and have enormous respect for Ross Miller, who landed he's landing his naps week after week. Um, so you're either with Ross, with Tom, or you're with my perspective, which is as um, Ross mentioned, Colonel Mustard definitely has the strongest form in this race. No doubt about it. Last time he was seen, yes, it was over fences, but he was beaten 19 lengths by El Fabiolo. We know what El Fabiolo's gone on and done. That's that's not to be disregarded at all. He's not had the ideal season over fences. He's probably not been that natural, but they were, you know, fair enough to, to try that route. He switches back to hurdles. And as Ross has said, um, that form in the county hurdle, um, third to state man, that's probably one of the strongest races that we saw last season. So with that in mind, yes, he's got top weight. He does get three pounds with Kieran Buckley's um, claim. Um, I just think his form stands head and shoulders above the rest. And I think he could be just too good and battle hardened for a race like this. And I do believe the race, the pace of this race might set up quite well for him. Maybe... Ross might be quite right. Maybe he might not just see out. We'll see. But I'm willing to take a bit of a risk because I think he's just that that slightly better price at this uh, at this stage, um, around five to one. Um, I'm just going to throw in also Tritonic. I think he's an interesting horse. He's definitely got plenty of talent. 
we've seen that we saw him win the uh, big handicapper ask at the at christmas time a couple of years ago um he's gone a tumbling mark but i don't think he ran badly in the betfair hurdle where they fitted cheap pieces for him and he was i think he was eighth or was he ninth um i think it will I think he might he was he was eighth it wasn't a bad run after um it was only his second run of the year over hurdles and I just think that the horse just might be coming down to more of a competitive mark might really would have helped him even have like having a claimer on board but Adrian Heskin as always is on board so I'm not against him at 14 to 1 that's an each way play um but that's the more battle hurdle can Emmett Mullins do it again um, can McTighe go from this on to, as Ross was saying, you've got a flurry of entries. Um, we'll see where um, he goes goes to after this. They might not even consider a race at Cheltenham, but this is where we'll find out more about McTighe. So um, he's the selection of Ross at 3-1. to one. Tom's gone for Benson at 14-1. to one, And I am interested in Colonel Mustard and a bit of Tritonic. So that's our feature race. Um, we're going to go into our naps and our next best. And I think... Can't split you two this week after a successful weekend last weekend. Um, maybe because TC's got a big smile on his face. I'm interested to know what he's got up his sleeve. So you go for it. Yeah, I do want to preface these selections by saying that uh, last week I was confident with my picks. This week, less so. I think it's really difficult racing. Um, and if I am to have any bets uh, on the UK action on Saturday, I will be having bets on the US, by the way, because Gulfstream is incredible. Uh, but if I'm going to have any bets on the UK action, it will be the Napa next best. Though I'm not going there all gung-ho thinking these two are 100% certs like last week with the nap. Um, the nap, however, is iconic moment in the 306 at Lingfield. Now, should have been a ring and Alpha Capture will probably uh, head the market in here and both have fantastic claims on ratings. They ran in a subtle conditions race last time out, finished first and second respectively. Should have been a ring one, Alpha Capture was second. I actually prefer Alpha Capture out of those two coming into this race. I think he was uh, a little bit undercooked going into subtle. He'll definitely come on for the effort. However, iconic moment, this horse uh, is under the radar. And I think he's got the, the talent and ability to beat should have been a ring and alpha capture. He's trained by James Tate, who I think actually is the most underrated trainer in the flat sphere right now. Since August 1st, so we're talking seven months. Since then, he's had a strike rate of 29%. That is phenomenal, especially given the kind of races he runs his horses in. Mm. He doesn't have too many handicappers, but he has lots of horses in novice events. He goes to listed races, group races, some top-end handicaps as well. Just a really good strike rate. An iconic moment is two from two in his career. This horse has a ridiculously high ceiling. We don't know where it is just yet. And should have been a ring in alpha capture, we kind of know a listed level at best. Iconic moment could be a group horse. Last time out of Chelmsford, I was really impressed with how he quickened up coming off the home bend. He looked like the James Fanshawe trainee who eventually finished second that day was going to win, going wide around the outside. But Iconic moment just kicked up the inside and, and went clear and won very decisively. I think he's a horse that's going to be rated 110 in time. And he should, hopefully with the addition of Ross Ryan on board, take all the beating in the 306 at Lingfield. And the next best goes at Newbury. Now, this horse I was planning on giving uh, as an each-way selection when there were 16 runners in the initial 48-hour decks. Uh, sorry, before the 48-hour decks. But unfortunately, this race is really cut up and now there's only seven runners, so it is a win selection. And that is forget the way, four o'clock at Newbury. Um, Poncho and Mateta at the top of the race card. They're probably going to take all the money for leading connections. Got good recent form. They're the here and now horses. And forget the way is arguably the horse for the future. But last time out, I thought he ran with great credit um, he was traveling in behind the, the speed, the leaders quickened and he just looked a little bit outpaced. He looked flat footed over the second last mm -hmm. hurdle. 
but he stayed on so well in the closing stages behind a useful horse who reopposes called Dom Perry. Uh, and I think he can reverse the form here with that runner trained by Huey Morrison. He's probably going to be a two and a half miler in time. He's probably going to need more races to be seen at his best. But maybe forget the way at a decent price could be one to follow in the four o'clock at Newbury. Okay, brilliant. Thanks for that, um, TC. For what it's worth, iconic moment. I was there at Chelmsford when he won back in November and I spoke to, I got the opportunity to interview James Tate afterwards and he'd said the plan from that moment was always going to be this spring cup on Saturday. So it's been a long, um, wait, long waiting game to get him out again. And good, and I'm sure you know that there's been two winners come from the race since. Not a huge amount of form, but I know Garrick painted one the other day and even the horse right down at the bottom, Synodin of Richard Hughes, that form so I'm with you with that horse I'm really looking forward to seeing him um so thanks for that um and hopefully that will give you a bit of more confidence for those selections all right Tom um let's hope that we can follow follow on from last week and Ross let's hope you can do the same as well let's hope so uh the nap is in the 130 at Doncaster uh, the Dan Scout and train Calico who I felt a bit sorry for after his effort at Warwick because he finished second to John Bond only beaten five and a half lengths and and John Bond clearly didn't give his running he was big in the paddock I'm not sure he loved the slightly quicker ground but poor old Calico you know when people are sort of talking down John Bond's performance you'd have thought Calico was sort of some 80 rated seller you know he's a he's a decent horse in his own right I thought he jumped brilliantly round Warwick which is a track that uh, puts a premium on on jumping um got a pound rise for that and I don't think that's gonna gonna harm his chances here his previous run was at Southerly. He won there and he, he beat a horse called Out on the Tear. It's a horse I know quite well. Beat him 12 lengths, giving him a stone. Out on the Tear is a solid 115 horse all day long. He's a decent animal in that grade and Calico kicked him to one side, giving him lumps of weight. Um, Bridge Andrews takes over here. Um, I think he's got outstanding credentials. He's not going to be a massive price, but I think unlike a lot in this field, he's going to love this quick ground. Um, so I'd be very confident that Calico can can go one better than last time and actually get his uh, plaudits this time as he deserves. And then the next best is is down at Newbury in the 2.45. Um, weights are headed by Jess's Dream, a.k.a. Zanza, uh, and Paint the Dream, both off mark of one. Jessica's Dream. <laughs> <laughs> uh, bo- both head the weights off a mark of 1.58. Zanza is double declared. He's also declared up at Kelso. Uh, given his form, I'd be amazed if he didn't run at Newbury because he, his best form is all at this track. Paint the dream, his best form is at Newbury as well. But I'd be surprised if they can give lumps of weight to the Tom Lacey trained Sebastopol. Um, he's got great form at this course as well. He won a grade two last time, beating Stage Star by five lengths, giving him five pounds. Now, I think it's reasonable to assume that Stage Star didn't give his full running. Stage Star is a 152-rated horse. Uh, Sebastopol gets him here off 147. He's another horse that loves quick ground. Tom Lacey said after that win that he'd be kept back for a spring campaign and be kept busy. The mild concern is whether this is a springboard onto bigger targets down the line. But that doesn't tend to be Tom Lacey's uh, MO. He tends to like to have them ready to to run. He doesn't like to waste runs. Sebastopol's won a handicap off a mark of 144 over two miles at Chepster a couple of seasons ago. He's definitely a better horse over this trip. Um, he's got plenty of twos by his name, which does temper enthusiasm slightly, but he's a decent price against the two at the head of the weights. Um, and I think he'll uh, go very close. 
Okay, yeah, that's um, interesting, that race. I've looked at it myself. Um, it's a quick one. I was just thinking of top of my head the last time. I think there was a someone tipped up a horse of Harry's, um, of um, Dan Skelton's when Bridget Andrews took the ride. Was it was it Protectorat at Aintree when Bridget took the ride? And it was you, Ross, and he went and won when with Bridget on board when it when they changed jockeys. No, it, was, it wasn't me tipping protector. I can say that with absolute right. certainty. <laughs> something like that. I feel like something like that happened at some stage when Bridget Andrews came in for the ride, replaced Harry and tipped up and won. So I feel like it can be quite a good omen sometimes. But anyway, maybe I'm imagining things. Um, thank you for that. Um, the Greatwood Gold Cup that you mentioned, the 245 at Newbury on Saturday, of course, is a race that I will be looking at. The beloved Zanza, absolute mad horse um, and has got this ridiculous love affair for Newbury um can he do it again at the track now off this uh, career high mark of 158 struggling to see I mean I'll be I'll be cursing myself I know I will be but I'll be delighted for them if he does can do it again but it's uh it's always when he is underestimated and overlooked that he goes and wins um now I think you could probably get him about 11 to 4 to win this race and what is is highly competitive, as Ross said, with the likes of Sebastopol. I do like Paint the Dream. Yes, he's got top, he's got joint top weight as um, as well. I just think he runs to a much more consistent high level, and um, I he's my selection in the race. Um, but I have also um, found another. I think he was my he was my nap um, uh, for Paint the Dream. Excuse me, he's my next best. My nap comes with Salito in the 341 at Lingfield. Now, um, TC might know this horse. I'm sure you do as well. He's running in, maybe it's his third or fourth classified race, but he's not going to be eligible for another one if he bolts up again this time because they finally worked out the key to this horse. He's been, he's by Frankel. He's not, he's clearly had his issues. I think he's had tendon leg issues um, throughout the course of his uh, career. And um, putting the visor on has really, really helped him. And he bolted up at Chelmsford when I was there, um, whenever it was last week. He subsequently won at Lingfield yesterday. And then potentially it might be his last chance to run in a race like this. Billy Lotnayan is back. He's got his five pounds um, to take off this horse. Um, uh, Billy's been riding track workout in America. And he's back for his first couple of rides um, since that experience. Um, today and over the next few days and I like that they've got him on board and Sarsalito is probably a good thing probably probably a very short price but I think that he can keep up this role of form so that's my nap and as I said my next best is paint the dream and what's uh, going to be a great renewal of that race at Newbury okay that's it um, for our for our weekend's action a reminder that new SBK customers can get 10 pounds in free bets by betting £10, T's and C's always apply. Please remember, and it's such an important time of year for this, to subscribe to whichever podcast channel you listen to, especially YouTube as well. Make sure to tune in on there. We've got a very, very special Cheltenham Festival preview podcast coming, but we've also got 
our specific Cheltenham podcasts that are already out for the championship divisions, for the novice hurdler and for the novice chasers. So there's something for everyone as we creep ever closer to the Cheltenham Festival. It's under two weeks away now. So we will be back to record that podcast next week. So make sure to listen into all of our um, different pieces of content next week. A shout out to TC and your American uh, tipping um, content because that's always worth watching uh, and listening to. And Ross Miller's handicap and mover and shakers, which is going great guns. Brilliant strike rate. And you can find more about that on Twitter. So as ever, thanks to Ross. Thanks to Tom. And we'll see you soon. 